0: I do know that when I when I did see this movie the first time, I I will admit that I was a Jimmy Stewart novice, and I really was like, oh, the guy from It's a Wonderful Life is in a western. <laughs> this is very strange. I always thought that was interesting that it would be him and John Wayne in, as in a in a western together. Whether or not that was interesting at the time, I'm not really sure. This is like, especially I think, very peak John Wayne. That whole strong, silent action man of action that uh. You know, that Clint Eastwood type that's all that is kind of, you know, this is kind of the beginnings, not the beginnings, but this is the like the apex mountain of of, uh, (laughs) of John Wayne's type. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of a podcast directed by, so we are nearing the end of the month, so it's time to wrap up our John Ford watch. So today we are going to take a look at the man who shot Liberty Valance, and then kind of wrap up and talk about, you know, our month-long experience with John Ford. So Mike, where are you with John Ford going into our very last movie? What are you expecting out of the man who shot Liberty Valance?
1: Not much. (laughs) (laughs) Look, uh, I think the the theme uh, Because a few of these things As of this recording have been released So I've been listening back to what I said However long ago that was And I kept asking for things That Mr. Ford chose not to give me Never delivered for you At this point, I I think it's going to be similar To uh, previous outings Which, shockingly uh, Although I guess people listening to John Ford retrospective would be offended by that but shockingly and you know me i've liked everything so far every film that's been thrown my way very rare for a podcast so i don't expect anything different as i'm sitting down it's a western you know it's about you know print the legend i know that line john wayne again john (laughs) wayne so yeah i mean i'm not expecting anything different but that's not necessarily a bad thing yeah
0: so the way i look at this uh this last movie as we go into it is that you know John Ford's pitching a perfect game with you. You know, we're at home. It's the, it's the you know, it's the top of the ninth. You got two outs. So did John Ford make it? Did you enjoy our 10th and final film from John Ford?
1: No, not really.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> Who,
1: who's the, I can't remember. Uh, I guess this is probably a good thing. The, uh, the uh, umpire that blew the uh, perfect game for the, the Tigers. Oh, I actually great. can't remember the uh, pitcher's name either so uh actually joyce is it yeah. joyce i think that it was the Empire, right yeah which Jim is joyce, always a bad sign if yep. you remember the empire's name something has gone terribly wrong it's true um it's got jimmy stewart should like that yep uh but it's got the element of jimmy stewart i don't like it's got jimmy stewart and mr smith goes to washington where he's caterwauling for two hours and lecturing <laughs> people um don't like that uh some of the uh comedic stylings of the time from character actors are very broad here Mm -hmm. so we have the i don't know the sheriff the town marshal who you know doesn't really do too much yeah played Uh, by andy devine
0: who is a john ford uh actor has been used before he was also in stagecoach so
1: we have a uh, newspaper man, a muckraker, and he mm-hmm. likes to drink. And I guess I like my drunk from the informer or the quiet man. I you know I like a a big like sort of chucklehead of a drunk. Mm-hmm. Like, a you game, like You also know, like the meathead. drunk
0: in Stagecoach as well. Uh the doc was was the town drunk there. So
1: Yeah, that's actually pretty that's probably a close approximation to this guy here, right? Cuz yeah. they're very skilled
0: and in they're honorable in general. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't care for him, uh, but God help me, the, you know the one one thing I could hang my God head bless was John Wayne. John Wayne, John Wayne. John Wayne was really good. It's,
0: it's so interesting because here is my here is my take on this. If if we started this this John Ford watch with this movie, like if we decided for whatever reason to go backwards in time. I feel like you would have hated John Wayne in this movie because John Wayne is at his most John Wayne. Like, mm-hmm. hey, Pilgrim. Like it's very <laughs> it's all the stereotypical stylings of John Wayne here. Yeah. Sorry, do you think it helped that you had that build through these like at least four or five other John Wayne performances?
1: I mean maybe, but I mean he's also not playing necessarily a likable guy here. Mm-hmm. I mean he's the he's the, the, the old gunslinger that's being like like most of uh, the old West being retired, being faced out. And he knows it. And a little more
0: likable than uncle Ethan in the searchers, but not, not a bunch. (laughs) He is kind of a jerk through most of this, but he
1: he doesn't have the quest, right? That I guess we, we forgive uh, him being like a rude man. Cause unless you you count wanting, wanting
0: to marry this woman, that is his quest. You know, even before she admits to having any feelings for him whatsoever, he's building in addition to his house, for this woman, you think you'd want to, you know, you want to gauge uh, does she like me before I start spending thousands of dollars in this period of time to build an addition to the house for her? That seems like a little much.
1: Well, it worked in uh, what was it, the Ryan Gosling, Rachel McAdams movie. Yeah, the this Notebook.
0: Is, the Notebook. This is not. <laughs>
1: I've not seen The Notebook. I'm just aware because I've I've heard this. This has been like, you know, vomited back on me as far as like, oh, my goodness, what he did for her in that movie. And I'm just like, that sounds sounds really foolhardy. You know, that's like <laughs> nowadays, if you like actually called someone on the phone, they're like, you're overstepping. Why right. did you like call me? So this, you know, that doesn't play. At least Wayne had the decency just to take it down quickly <laughs>
0: <laughs> by burning it down. Yes. <laughs> Angry um... and drunk and fire. Just a great mix. for John Yeah.
1: Wayne. This, this was shockingly my the, the only one that I had issues with other than going back to the first 10 minutes of the informer I thought we were in for a rough month uh <laughs> you may be onto something as far as this one being last where I'm like yeah I've, okay there's been other stuff like my darling Clementine which just kind of shocked me and how much I enjoyed it uh, whereas this one I, look I love the ending the ending's great right but I kind of yes. already knew the ending like this yes. is even without having seen it this is like such a such a famous sort of like seat at the table of cinema that it's like, I know we're gonna get to this glending. It still looks great. Love it the way it's shot, love the yeah. way it's staged. Um but, you know, the it, one of the biggest things that uh a pet peeve on my part with movies or obnoxious villains that we just know are going to be obnoxious for two hours and no one really does anything about it until we get to like the third act. And then it's like, OK, finally enough of Lee Marvin's horseshit.
0: <laughs> well, I think uh, I think one, you're right. He is like that for the entire movie. I think it's a very smart decision from a screenwriting and a directing perspective that he's, I think, got like three major scenes. He's not there for giant portions of this movie most of this he's talked movie about a lot yeah i yeah. mean he's this constant presence but like he you know he, of course he's in the very beginning and then i think he shows up for oh yeah he shows up uh at at the restaurant and then for the the voting uh and that's pretty much it that's the only times he's in this movie uh, but everyone's always talking about essentially like this guy's he's a badass he's terrifying no one can stop him except maybe john wayne's character but he's like he can't be bothered like, he's like, yeah, he didn't do anything to me. So, uh, you know, let him run wild. I don't kind care. Kind
1: <laughs> tries to, like, poke the bear a little bit to, yes. like, get, like, I guess to keep it, like, honorable. Where it's like he's got to draw his weapon first. But, right. you know, there is, having seen, you know, the searchers and uh, even going back to my darling Clementine, it just seems like uh, those worlds were, were sort of built to show that really death could come at any time or, or even like she wore a yellow ribbon had that more of that oh. threat. So we're like talking about this guy and I'm thinking, good Lord, if he comes in and just beats someone to within an inch of their life, what's to stop somebody on the street or at a poker game, just shooting them in the back of the head. Like, you know, that right. I, I couldn't really get past that mm. uh, element of it. And it was interesting, like reading some of the, I don't know if it was in the New Yorker when this came out where that was like the chief criticism. I'm like, well, some things are timeless. There's, you know, people like me. They're like, "Someone just shoot it. this guy." Like, this is... let's just end this. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, when we talked about stagecoach, you know, I think that's that was Ford's response to like, you know, why didn't they just shoot the horses? He's like, "Because then there's no movie." Well, right. same thing here. Same then there's point. no movie. There's no the man who shot Liberty Balance is some chucklehead walking down the street who really just is like, "You talk too much." <laughs> <And bam. laughs> Which is probably how it would go in yeah in yeah, yeah, real yeah. life for sure.
0: Um, I. I really like this movie. Uh I like it a lot. I don't uh I don't think it's it's probably not as good it's it's maybe the fourth best western on the out of the movies that we've watched, but it's still very good. Like I think John Ford, when it comes to Westerns, like the man knew what he was doing. He's really good at it. Um but I do think the message of this movie is a little jumbled. Uh it's mm. it starts out with kind of like Jimmy Stewart's character, of course, essentially gets mugged and beaten half to death and then he's dragged back to this town and his whole idea is like you know i'm a lawyer um i don't have a gun i'm gonna do the right thing i don't i'm not gonna be pressured into you know carrying a gun and and taking out taking out liberty valance
1: what 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 did you say his name was the the man with the silver knobbed whip i said liberty valance (gasps) But if that's what you gotta do, you better start packing a handgun. A gun? I I don't want a gun. I don't want a gun. I don't want to kill him. I want to put him in jail. Oh. Well, I know those law books mean a lot to you. But not out here. Out here, a man settles his own problems. No, but do, do you know what you're saying to me? You know, you're, you're saying just exactly what Liberty Valance said.
0: But then the movie kind of travels this weird twisty road where all of a sudden he's like, he, you know, it happened one too many times and now he's out practicing. Uh, he's got a gun and he's practicing his aim and doing terribly. And there's never a point where you really see that he's struggling with this it's just all emotion it's all anger and then the way the movie you think it kind of ends like he shoots liberty valance so then it totally throws a wrench into his whole like i'm a good man i don't i don't kill people in cold blood and then of course they kind of take that away like actually john wayne's character did it but i'm trying to figure out like okay what are you trying to say here like is is it okay because the guy that he shot was bad like that's that's okay, but now we, we roll it back, and now he's a good man again, and he's, like, in politics, and he does the right thing. And it's just—it's really jumbled. i would seen some people write about this, like, actually, it has a lot to say about gun control and blah, blah, blah. I was like, does it—I feel like it's very confused when it comes to its message on gun yeah. control. Yeah,
1: look, I mean, uh, he talks a lot about the law, which is you know, part of my problem with the film, because we do see this guy terrorized, and, you know, he intends to to kill someone. I mean, if— if they don't come and save the poor muckraker, you know, maybe he just dies laying there. Yeah. I, I don't know. But I don't think that Liberty Balance is like, I'm going to beat him just enough. Just enough. I, I know when to not cross the line. Like, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I'm hearing about law and, you know, we should do things this way. But it's like, well, you don't really. <laughs> Your point. I see Jimmy Stewart shooting at things. um. Uh, you know, not in an effective manner, more so than I do, like, actually, like, are we going to, like, practice law here? We're going right. to talk about it, but, like, so if you can't do that, then let John Wayne do his thing. Don't, you know, don't pick up the steak. <laughs> let him die over a steak. You know, some people, that, that was their fate. Lee <laughs> Marvin's character, his fate was to die <laughs> over knocking someone's food to the ground. It's a stupid reason to die, but he's a, he's a stupid man, and he's not going to stop comes until he's to, shot. When it
0: comes to reasons to die, a good steak, I mean, that's... I think that's worthy. I'm I'm okay with that. If I die over a steak, I'm going to be okay with my life. That's, that's fine with me. You
1: just uh, came to visit me recently. You know I don't care about food that much. I know. So See, no, and, that does not matter. And to you
0: me. ate at the same table as me, so you know the opposite is true of me.
1: So. <laughs> I probably was like, you know, thinking about uh, God. What movies do I have to watch this week? My wife actually said. I can't remember what it, at this point what film I was putting on, but uh, I wrote this down on my phone. She says, "Why is Dave trying to ruin my life?" That is her <laughs> that is her take on some of your selections. Um, <laughs> thankfully, tonight we you know the, the film. The reason I'm late to record, she actually wanted to watch. So you're one for like you know thirty at this you're, point, Dave.
0: You know what? That's actually a pretty good percentage for me. I'm I'm okay with the one for thirty.
1: I think you're on to something. I think you know it definitely wants to you know, it wants to have its toe in the water as far as it's still Western. We're still going to have a climactic gunfight. Uh, unfortunately, unlike a stagecoach, you know, I really admired the fact that when we got to this big buildup, like this big revenge saga with Wayne's character that we don't even really see the gunfight. It's a, It's an afterthought to everything else that has transpired. Um, and, you know, I definitely preferred my darling Clementine. Uh, where there is, uh, I actually feel like one to one comparison, Clementine and this are very similar as far as we're going to talk around like this sort of famous event here, right? Oh, like well, you, you have you have some sort of knowledge, even if it goes off in its own direction with the gunfight at the OK Corral, uh, which I don't think historically was even at the OK Corral, but nope. whatever sounds better. <laughs> um, and this, you know, they're going to make their own legend about this Liberty Valance character. Um I, I don't know, I just like that one more. Maybe just because there was less Jimmy Stewart freaking out and it's just fond <laughs> of accepting very, it. He was very energetic in this movie. Which, you know, I mean, he is. You you hire him for a reason. You know, you're getting Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's interesting that you say uh that you know it has such similarities with Clementine, and I think you're right, but what I was thinking right before you started into that was it's interesting to watch these two movies so close together because they're obviously both Westerns. They have a lot of similarities, but I think they're, they're put forth in such a different way. Uh, Clementine is a much more subtle movie and a much more quiet film. Um, it's about, they're both kind of about these like friendships, right? These relationships, but the relationship
1: to do it in different ways as well. Right? Yeah.
0: And my darling Clementine is a
1: very, you know,
0: low key relationship. You know, there are dramatic things that happen, but the way those characters deal with it is actually pretty mellow. Whereas these two characters, they're both big personalities. Like this is a this is a movie that I think if you like it, it's because you love the personalities of John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart. And if you don't, if that's too much or if it's too over the top, you're gonna have a real rough set this movie where I think Clementine like there's there's more levels to it there's more that there's more that he does with those characters with less dialogue but this movie is definitely very much in your face and I think it is it's probably funnier uh than my darling Clementine not even the like the side characters but even you know when you're first introduced to to John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart together like it's just it's just John Wayne mocking Jimmy Stewart the whole time (laughs) like just like you better slow down there pilgrim you don't really know what goes on in this town. And I, I really like those interactions. Um, But I also, I think kind of the low key MVP of this movie is Vera miles. I think she's great. Um, I think, especially the scene where she reacts maybe, maybe poorly to Jimmy Stewart, essentially like in disbelief that she can't read, (laughs) which is maybe not the best reaction to have when you find out somebody doesn't know something is to be like, What? you don't know how to read like I mean, that you've, is
1: <laughs> you've been on film twitter long enough this should be a daily uh, oh, response you know you get or you're giving to some you haven't master, seen Dave. blank right <laughs> or, yeah right but
0: I, I love her reaction there and i also love that she is a strong enough character to after she gets upset to come back and say okay but this is what i want this is what i need your help with and it's actually a very touching scene like you know, Jimmy Stewart's character of essentially saying like, yeah, I'll teach everybody. And then it kind of transfers into, it goes very quickly from like, yeah, I'll teach the family to like, okay, let's open up the schoolhouse. And like, you know, know, we're gonna, we're gonna preach about the constitution, Uh, which I felt like a lot of that stuff actually could get cut out. I would have rather had scenes where he's just teaching Hallie and teaching the family rather than like, let's, and I get you have to kind of connect the whole voting subplot, Somehow, because that way you know more people read, more more people can vote, all that. I remember but I when like, MTV would
1: do that with their rock the vote rock thing. the vote. Jimmy yes. Stewart's just doing his rock the vote. Jimmy you have Stewart with that?
0: rock the vote. I would love to see that ad <laughs> <laughs> like, with the MTV music in the background. It would be great. But I kind of wish it had stayed um, smaller uh, in those in those sequences. You know, because really, all you have is a couple minutes of Jimmy Stewart saying, "This is what you need to read." And then someone coming in and going, "Stop teaching everybody, go back out because people are going to die." Like, why don't we just have more scenes between uh, Vera Miles and Jimmy Stewart?
1: It's interesting you you talk about people uh, saying this has a lot to say about gun control. Uh, I don't really see any sort of. Uh, personalities um, or at least not publicly uh, on display. Like we have with Wayne and Stewart's character. Um, it's interesting that Jimmy Stewart's character is ransom, ransom Stoddard. It's which a name.
0: Is... That sounds like that sounds like a name that, you
1: know, John Wayne should have. Like yeah, Ransom from the, Stoddard, like, like it's... somewhat pacifist dude. That's like, you know, would you go see that cult.
0: lawyer? Like, unless you were like trying to sue somebody, Ransom Stoddard, attorney at law, like that. Whoa.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, he he might have been like a, a lawyer on like a Larry David program or something like Curve yes. Your Enthusiasm <laughs> yeah. or Seinfeld or something. Um, but you have two people that. Jaw at each other. They really disagree on how to go about shaping the small portion of the world that they inhabit with each other. But there's, I mean, there seems to be a respect from both of them because in that there's a sequence where uh, Ransom tries to to basically bring in the Wayne character of Tom. Uh, Into how to do it by the book. Like, you know, he should be our representative. He knows, you know, he knows this place. He knows this town, has a good heart, good man. And of course, you know, Wayne being Wayne, he's like, no, please uh, don't bring me in because I still want to be able to shoot people. Like, that would get in the (laughs) way of me killing other people. Um, That, you know, I don't see that very often today. Like, you were, I mean, we see that this will date the program probably a little bit, but you know, you have, um, you know, it was previously the Republicans, uh, the last time around announced the Democrats when they're trying to take back the white house. Uh, you're, you know, you're, you're seeing them out for blood with each other and putting on a grand show about, uh, anyone that disagrees with them is a fucking idiot. And they, you know, they don't have your best interest at heart as opposed to saying like, well, both people probably do. And both of us are closer than we want to let on. Uh, mine is just slightly askew. Now, granted, if there was someone taking the stage between these debates, it was like um, maybe I shouldn't be president because I still like to shoot people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that would unfortunately probably put them in the White House.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. there would be a landslide victory <laughs> right. at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think my only my only other complaint, other than kind of like that, you know, that muddled message, is the. You know, scenes near the end where you know it's kind of the political campaigning sequences, which are fine on their own, but they feel like they're out of a different movie. It does feel very much like you know, Mister Smith goes to Washington, like We're it, waiting it for the like, shootout. We know yeah. the shootout's
1: coming, we right? Know, and that's it's the title like, of the film.
0: Yeah, uh, and it it's interesting. It's an interesting choice. I don't quite know how I feel about it yet. The the idea that okay, the the movie is called The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Like, do we really need? a continuation after that moment? Do we do we really need a lot of wrap-up? Do we need the scene with, you know, Jimmy Stewart and his wife on the on the train being like, I think we should move back home. Like, I would have been fine with the movie ending uh, right with, like, the kind of wrap-up where, you know, you have that famous line of, like, you know, you publish the legend. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a great line. That would be a great closing line to a movie. And I feel like if the movie ends right there, it it's a little bit better to me hmm. than it was. It does feel like I it just kind of it. extends.
1: I mean, I see what you're saying, but I kind of liked it because it, it goes back to the, you know, the flashback within the flashback where Wayne's like, no, you idiot. I'm the one that did it. You couldn't do it. Like mm-hmm. you can, you can live your life with a clean conscience that you're not, you know, you're not a murderer. And, but instead, especially with that ending, what he has to do is he has to live with being famous for being a murderer. Mm-hmm. Like he has to, he has to take all of the the good that's come his way. And at that point in his life, he, you know, there's a certain bitterness to knowing that mm-hmm. everything, all the good he's done has been built not only on a lie, but on being something that he despises. Right. And I don't know. I kind of liked. I liked mm-hmm. that little element of it. You know. Yeah. Ford. You know. He still made a fucking terrible movie. You know. He finally. You know. Finally missed with me. No. Ninety um, percent is not bad.
0: Nine
1: out of ten. That's pretty. You good. know. And I, I didn't dislike it, but I. Right. I was surprised that this was the most muted response I had of all of the ones we've selected because this, even though I had not seen it. Uh, having an idea of the ending and sort of what it's about, its theme. So I was like, oh, that's a layup. That's an easy one. And yeah, they're just uh, a, little, a little down here. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I can't give any director a perfect score. Definitely not John Ford because <laughs> he didn't seem like the nicest of dudes. So yeah. he's not getting it. He gets punished for that. Yeah.
0: It, it makes you wonder, like just in terms of you and watching Jimmy Stewart as, as a performer, um, correct me if I'm wrong. It feels like you are much more in the camp of kind of dark jimmy stewart right the the version that hitchcock gives us i mean you're you a fan of it's a wonderful life so i'll give you that but like mm-hmm. you you weren't a fan of his performance here although it's like you know what you're getting in a jimmy mm-hmm. stewart performance and kind of had slightly negative things about to say about mr smith goes to washington so you just mm-hmm. were in the camp of like i don't i don't like jimmy stewart as like the the pinnacle the, the guy we're looking up to i like him as mm-hmm. like having shades
1: yeah, I mean, my, probably, honestly, my favorite movie of all time is Rear Window, uh, as far as one that I watch most often just for pure pleasure. So it, with your weird system that we're going to get to in this very episode of like, you know, you know, best, masterpiece, favorite, uh, Rear Window would probably be my favorite movie, just because I'm always in the mood to watch Rear Window. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of strange. I wouldn't say that's a dark you know, version of the character. Well, he's, he's kind definitely... of a jerk.
0: I mean, it's like, look yeah, at so how he treats his girl. Like not he's not great.
1: the, uh, the ideal man by any no. stretch. So, uh, anyone yeah, who maybe... says no
0: to Grace Kelly, I'm like, you're kind of a jerk. Like that's really, well, you're
1: suspect is what you are. Yes. You're, you're <laughs> a strange person. So yeah, not to be trusted.
0: Yes, absolutely. All right. So, uh, to kind of wrap this up, um, so just in general, what are your thoughts on John Ford? And now, Now that you've seen a bunch of his movies, what do you think of when you think of a John Ford movie so we can kind of move eventually towards this kind of masterpiece discussion? Like what Mm. what screams John Ford to you?
1: Uh, I think he he probably tried to shoehorn in humor more than I would have expected you know, with these titles and yeah. with the scenarios, even in something like they were, they were expendable. That surprised me uh, too. That was yeah, not, I was uh, like,
0: Oh, you're kind of,
1: yeah. kind of goofy. <laughs> you go with that title and that, you know, that setting uh, during wartime, I'm expecting, uh, you know, Dunkirk, which I don't remember any laughs in Dunkirk, which.
0: Nope. Nope. Not a lot of dialogue though. So not a lot of room for chuckles. In Dunkirk. You,
1: could, you know, you could do some pratfalls or something on that beach. You know, there's <laughs> a lot of running, running on sand. Does not really work real well? Yeah. Plenty of opportunities off a dock or something. I don't know. You know, there's, there's have, have there was opportunities. Kenneth Brana just walk off a dock in the middle of a very
0: dramatic speech. Sure. Uh,
1: he, I don't think he can handle it. Uh, you know, he would still do it in some sort of theatrical way, some sort of dramatic way. True. Um, that 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 was surprising to me how much he sort of leaned into it. Uh, I guess probably most effectively and knowingly was something like the Quiet Man, uh, as far as like, we are doing a, a, a rom com. Yeah, you know, we we're doing his version of romantic comedy. Um, yeah, the, and this, the other stuff isn't surprising. Like his, um, I don't know, would you say visual style? Like, I, I don't know. I, when I say that, you, I usually think of someone that's a. A little more wink, wink, a little more knowing, mm-hmm. uh, but there, there's such a sense of confidence, and it's like, no, like the story had to be told this way, <laughs> like it almost is like there's nothing showy about it. It's just like, look, you idiot, like why wouldn't we frame it this way, like you know, through the, <laughs> this through is the how it's done. again, yeah. you know, th- this is how a character enters the scene and exits the scene. So, um, I probably was surprised at how much I found it entertaining, to be honest, because I <laughs> thought coming into this, okay, we're gonna be we're respectful and yeah, like, you know, this is a, one of the greats, but uh does any of this stuff like you know, still still entertain? Um right. but during his time period he was probably just making he was He's uh, pretty populist to, for for well, the Well I was time. about to say we'll see the Michael Bay of his time as far as You know, obviously much better. Michael Bay has never been that respected. But I think that's the disconnect sometimes people have when they're talking about classic films is like every one of them is something like for the art house when what you're really looking at are probably like the big hits. I mean, he's probably
0: he's probably closer to Spielberg than anybody. Right. Like pretty well respected artistically, but very much a director for the people. You know, these are these were, you know, not only Academy Award winning, but also like you know, big budget and made big money. Like, so probably if you're going to compare him to somebody relatively, relatively modern, he's probably, he's probably more like a Spielberg than he is like a, like a Scorsese, especially later in his career is, you know, drifted more towards the art house. Like, I can't think of any of the movies we watch. It's interesting, even though there are many of his movies are on the Criterion collection. I don't see these as art house. Like even his very best movies, like if you talk about, you know, the respective movies like Stagecoach, um, like they're not hard to understand. They're pretty straightforward, and they're not, he doesn't use a lot of tricks. Like he's not, uh, there's not other than these like kind of big valley shots that he has. There's not a lot of moments where you're like, oh, that's a John Ford shot. Um, I think he does um a lot more with shadow than I expected. There's a lot of really beautiful shots, whether you're talking about the very beginnings of the informer um, or, um, or the, the kind of his, the probably the most famous shot of his career at the end of the searchers um, or that, or the actual gunfight at the okay corral uh, in my darling Clementine. Like he has a very clever use of light in his films, which is something that I guess I didn't expect because I had a certain a certain thought in my head about Westerns, so how they're just very direct, and it's like, all right, we have the good guy and the bad guy, and then we have the gunfight. The good guy gets the girl. Like, okay, this is fine, but not really my thing. But there's a lot more subtlety
1: to his work than I thought there would be. Um, I'm glad you came around to... <laughs> Given that it was my <laughs> idea. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> and I was just like the whole time, Billy Wilder, Billy Wilder. Like, I, uh, I think it's I interesting looking... that both
0: of us were prepared to dislike this month, even though I suggested. it. It did feel like, well... I never seen any of these movies. So I guess I better let's just rip off the band aid. Let's do John Ford early on. But I really enjoyed these movies.
1: Any uh, new listeners you have? Because I know you're out there. You're you you hit the social media trail. You are trying. trying to bring in some people. I'll let them in. That that's how I feel about every month podcasting with you. Like, Fair. let's just get this over with. Let's just let's just do this. Um, no, I, I enjoyed it a, a lot more than I thought it would. Um, I still. I still think you could watch one or two of these and probably have a pretty good sense on if you're going to like Ford's work or not. I I don't, I don't think there are too many outliers as far as like, no, no, no. Okay. Here's, here's the the oddball. You know, like you, you think of someone like the Coen brothers and you're like, you know, do you like raising Arizona? Do you like no country for old men? There's some similarities as far as how they frame things. But if you like one, it's easy to understand if you don't like the other.
0: All right. So Mike, (laughs) <laughs> to review, we watched The Informer, Stagecoach, Grapes of Wrath, How Green Was My Valley, They Were Expendable, My Darling Clementine, She Wore a Yellow Ribbon, The Quiet Man, The Searchers, and The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. So of those 10 movies, what is your favorite John Ford movie?
1: Hmm. That one that's hard because uh because of your your stupid way that you're uh framing this um this one you know only had one that i was sort of in that you know sort of ho-hum response to mm-hmm. um but i'm not gonna be the oddball and pick the informer for anything because i did struggle <laughs> a few times during those first 10 minutes so okay what do you want me to start with your favorite
0: just your favorite
1: most enjoyable favorite? most enjoyable um I'm going to have a toss-up here between, uh, I guess, the two most comedic uh, entries in this this list that you've presented to our poor listeners here. Uh, and I'm going to favor She Wore Yellow Ribbon over uh, The Quiet Man. Uh, probably because, well, there's a less, and I'll leave this to you on how you've, you know, present yourself, but I do remember on that episode of The Quiet Man, you really, really liked the stick that was, you know, presented to Mr. <laughs> Wayne to beat his wife with. I can't go with that one. Not in 2019. I don't think that's
0: what I said, but okay, I'm go I'm pretty ahead. sure.
1: Go to the tape. You know, you, you edit these. You know, cut cut in that clip there. We'll see. Let the listeners judge. Uh, or you could tell them just to re-download that episode. And get those numbers up. There it is. <laughs> so, uh, she wore a yellow ribbon. Um, Wayne's playing... You know, he's playing older than what he was, which is kind of strange, I think, for us, because I'm always thinking of him as an old man. Like right. <laughs> But so they, they put kind of the same thing with Jimmy Stewart and uh the man who shot Liberty Balance, where we like, Hey, bring out this the spray paint for his hair. Like, you know, let's get it glistening in uh old age, <laughs> like silver. Um, but it's um it's got its comedy. Scott's its action, but Wayne actually gets to emote a little bit, and he's not bulletproof. He's dealing with defeat, and this time it's a little more entertaining than they were expendable because it's just that two days till retirement sort of trope <laughs> that probably wasn't a trope at the time. Yeah. Um, overall, I found it the most enjoyable, and if you'd asked me at the start. Um, I don't think I ever told you this, but I like when I looked at the list, I was like, "She wore a yellow ribbon. Do we really need to do that one?" Like I was. I had the same reaction. <laughs> so that was. I, I think that was no the last one I away. picked, where
0: I was like, "I guess that one. I've heard of it. Why not?" So you're welcome, I guess. <laughs> like, since that was your favorite of the what ten. What
1: was the? Uh, what was the? What was cut off here? Just to, I think, for our listeners, uh,
0: was is Rio Bravo? John Ford.
1: No. No um i know seven women was the last film i think and we talked about that just like how he finished his career but i don't remember if there was something else that was on the on the list that didn't make the cut
0: yeah, i feel like it was i feel like it was another western like a like a, sol- a straight up western whereas like jory ellen is western but it you know it's got the kind of cavalry angle
1: so it's a little bit different because uh, um how the West Was Won followed uh, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, right? Yeah, I think
0: maybe that was the other okay. one that we almost did. Yeah, that's another very highly thought of, so that makes sense. Um, in terms of my favorite, I hate that you have pigeonholed me this way, because now I just want to disagree with you, but my Quiet favorite man. John Ford movie is The Quiet Man.
1: But you hate uh, women. <laughs> you know, we, we snuck Sophia Coppola in there the first month. But uh, that you know, you, you want to go back to the old times, the old uh, Irish way, apparently, of courtship.
0: Apparently, um, we we talked about this on that episode, uh, but I, I just feel like the comedy works a lot better in that movie uh, than it does, I think, in any John Ford movie. Like, I think he really hit that balance. I think the love story really works. I think the comedy with the townspeople works. Uh, and I, I just think, uh, and the, the fight scene was entertaining. You know, the drinking was good. Like I just, I, it's a movie that I actually <laughs> went back and it was, as I was editing, listening to that episode, I was like, you know, I want to watch the quiet man again. That's a fun movie. I like that a lot. I think I was putting I, in, I, I, I was, was putting in
1: clips. So it was like, Oh yeah, this is a good time. I was happy that I actually spent five bucks on yep. iTunes for it when it was on sale. And now I'm kicking myself. Cause I know she wore a ribbon was on sale um, wait, till it, wait till it gets to
0: three bucks for she work.
1: <laughs> I don't think it happens. I, I think they only do that yeah. with like some Lion, Lionsgate stuff. They don't own the rights to any uh, Ford material, do they? Uh, that would surprise me
0: if that were the case.
1: <laughs> I don't think he would approve of that. No, definitely <laughs>
0: not. All these hipsters out here, no. <laughs> so with our favorites, are we just going
1: with like the outliers? Are we going with what's the most palatable, most just pure, inter- Like the, not to say easiest as far as like the film is like junk food. It seems like we're both leaning. Yeah. I think, I
0: think the way I look at it is, I mean, it doesn't have to be a comedy, but the way I'm looking at it is like, if I got to if I got to pick between these 10 movies and, you know, I just want to relax and watch a movie something something enjoyable. So I guess it can lead more towards comedy in that way, that like these heavy dramatic pieces, are like, okay, let me sit down, let me really focus on these characters. Whereas I think The Quiet Man, you can kind of, and even, you know, the the movie you chose, you can have on in the background and just be like, huh, this is nice. This is pleasant. Um, but I don't know. Some people's favorites are very dramatic movies. Uh, but, you know, for me, I definitely will probably lean towards, like you said, something simpler, more palatable, uh, something that's not you know trying to make you cry, not trying to make you think too much about you know gun control or whatever else is going on <laughs> in these movies. You know, it's just a nice movie to put on. That's that's. Notice what I, how I
1: avoided too. you know anything about the uh, the the enemy, and she wore a yellow, yellow ribbon. You like, did. I noticed that. <laughs> I'm not getting into any sort of social issues there. I just yeah. you know I like that John Wayne's retiring and he's he's dealing with it. That's yeah. it.
0: So Mike. What is John Ford's best movie out of these 10
1: best? I, this is the, the one that I sort of like, you know, splitting hairs here. The The best to me is my darling Clementine, mm. uh, which could be my favorite as far as the one I would like to revisit again. Mm-hmm. But I think that he sort of distilled down like a lot of the previous highs, which I don't think you'd be wrong to say like, you know, stagecoach or grapes of wrath some people might go for that uh, Oscar bait claptrap with how green is my valley. I don't think many um, people
0: would, just because like uh, it beat be one of the best movies ever. So man. fuck that movie! Like that is I usually mean, the response
1: spoiler i think the one that uh will get like no mentions and from either one of us is probably they were they were expendable i don't yeah. see that one coming well, out well
0: you know john ford probably appreciates that because he didn't like that movie either so I think oh, i'm that's here to tell okay him the man that. who
1: shot liberty Balance, worse than they were expendable <laughs> much worse um yeah i would say Mar- my darling clementine you know i i said on that episode this might be my you know favorite western maybe the best western i've ever seen mm-hmm. and uh the way he handles like the sort of fragile masculinity in that the film and the fragile control that these two guys have they're they're both very capable very famous but um you know they they have to deal with other personalities and they have to deal with other egos and other you know bests from their respective you know places and seeing that and seeing that sort of like alliance, like sort of come together, uh, to, to fend for this one spot, you know, that, that you see a lot of that in his work. Like you see it going back to stagecoach as far as these people like thrown together to like deal with this problem, like their own survival. Um, but he also really, really focused on the small town life. And so I guess for me, I'm not going with the, the best picture winner, the citizen Kane destroyer or grapes of wrath, which, I think it's probably equally famous uh, as a novel. Yep. Um, I'm going with uh, my darling Clementine, just because it takes this story that I should be tired of, you know, especially post Tombstone. That should be right. it. Uh, sorry, Kevin Costner, and I, th- I think it just gives me like the best version of it. So right. I, th- I think that would be the best. Yeah,
0: that's a good choice. My choice is very boring. Uh, my choice is Stagecoach, uh, and I
1: see. I tried. I tried to like. Uh, box you out by just throwing those like no, some no. people would say stage. You're goddamn you know? right. Some people would, <laughs>
0: uh, I think it's, I mean, it's almost a perfect movie. I don't usually like to use terms like that because it's so subjective anyway, but I feel like I, everything you said about my darling Clementine is absolutely correct. But what I think Stagecoach does better is it's dealing with more characters that don't get as much screen time, but I think you still understand all of them. And I think that is a monumental achievement. Uh, the fact that you are bringing it's it's very much like in a lot of ways like kind of a road movie like you've got all these people from different walks of life all smashed together and them trying to kind of figure out how to work together with one another uh, and I think it might be strangely the most effective romance uh, that that Ford created out of these ten movies and it I again like how
1: you're walking back your love of the Quiet Man there you know, I still <laughs>
0: love the Quiet Man but it is very much you know it's over the top it's kind of silly whereas. You know, uh, John Wayne's romance in this one is, is oddly, it's very sweet, but also very like rough and masculine, like, and that really hits home with it being a John Ford movie and it being a John Wayne movie. And, you know, also has that great introduction of John Wayne's character, like that beautiful shot in there. I just think, you know, and it's a movie that's close to two hours long, but just kind of flies by for me. Uh, and I just... I absolutely love it. And the action sequences, which you talked about at at length on on that episode, are, especially for the time, fantastic. Like a lot of these, like, of course, there would be updates if if you made it now, there would be a lot more CGI and a lot more crazy stuff going on. But I think it feels pretty modern, actually those chase sequences, I think they really work. They would even work now. So
1: to well, me, you have a sense of space, you know, where everyone is in relation to one another, which I don't know. God that. forbid, God forbid. <laughs> we would know what's movie? going on in an action film.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think also the action is informed by these characters choices. It's not action simply for action's sake. There's like a reason these things are happening which is, again, something you might not see in a stereotypical action film nowadays. Like when we, you know, watched a movie together in Lex- Lexington, Kentucky. There's no reason for those action sequences. But here in Stagecoach, there's actually a reason and everything actually makes sense. And it's still, on its on its face, just still a really entertaining movie, too. It's not a movie that feels like work to me.
1: Uh, okay, so your favorite, uh, Abusing Woman, the best uh, horrible racism. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: the Native Americans as, uh, what did you frame it as? Oh yeah, as natural disasters. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how you put it. So like, <laughs> what is John Ford's masterpiece? If you could show someone one John Ford movie and be like, this is John Ford in a nutshell right here. This is what you're going to get out of a John Ford movie. Which of these 10 would you force them Clockwork Orange style to sit and watch?
1: Stagecoach. I think, um, it's it's not easy on this one because the last time uh, with Sofia Coppola, I felt with Virgin Suicides. I'm like, okay, I think she, you know, kind of goes off the beaten path a little bit here. But if you want to set someone down, like under our definition, of masterpiece as far as like to give you the best sense of this person, as far as you know, what makes a Ford movie a Ford movie or a Coppola a Coppola. Uh, I thought it was easier to hear, you know, you could say searchers, I guess, because I think a lot of people would have that in their mind already yeah. as far as mm-hmm. that's what a John Ford film is. Uh, I would even, you know, the man who shot Liberty Balance. I think same thing, even though it was, you know, his much lesser work on this podcast. Um, my Darling Clementine as well. Uh, if you want to go How Green Was My Valley, Grapes of Wrath. I understand like all of those really. Really, it's the, the Quiet Man, and she wore yellow ribbon. Our favorite picks are the ones where I'd be like, I don't know if that fits our no definition. Uh, too silly, coach, too funny. I think uh, why I would prefer that if I was trying to get someone into John Ford, uh, the Searchers. I think there are some there's some possible dropouts there. Maybe with the way John, oh Wayne yeah, hundred percent trade. As a matter uh, of fact,
0: when I first when I first watched uh, that movie for this podcast, I had you know, I think, I think my letterbox review is can a movie be good and horribly racist? Mm. Yes. And someone, a mutual friend of ours responded, yes, but not that movie. They were very, very anti the searcher. So that, that definitely is a movie that, you know, it's kind of a a balancing act there. And for some people, it's not, it's not going to make them want to watch more John Ford movies.
1: And I wanted to go with a Western, which we have, you know, options here. Um, so that kind of negated, like, me going with Grapes of Wrath. But, uh, you know, we talked about the the action, or at least I did on a previous episode. You had your say right there. Uh, you can just drop in the clips of what I said previously, save us all the time, Trouble we'll punish the listeners, as I, I love to do. Um, I guess my main reasoning would be that it shows his interest in people, which um, sometimes to their detriment, as far as my liking, like the supporting – Cast members get a lot of a lot of run as far as they get a lot of jokes, mm-hmm. they get a lot of dialogue, but it feels more in tune with the, the actual concept of the film because they're it's a group of people, like, you know, riding together. So I don't feel like oh God, Ford's going to like his favorite character actor again, giving him more work, you know. <laughs> John Ford really was, you know, the Kevin Smith of his time, just getting his buddies back together, <laughs> right. drinking. Victor on McLaughlin set, you know? keeps showing up like yeah. just
0: fighting and drinking. Yep.
1: Uh, but yeah, it's your, your, this great entrance of John Wayne, sort of a great, um, you know, announcement, I guess, of Ford's talent. Uh, mm-hmm. it's got some iconic shots and moments and it's got that humor. I like, it's got the romance stagecoach to me just pretty much has everything that I've liked about this month. So that's why if I was sitting someone down saying, here's John Ford, it would be stagecoach for me.
0: Yeah. Um, it's interesting when I was thinking about, okay, masterpiece, what is, what is, what screams John Ford? And my first reaction was stagecoach. That's where I went. And then I thought like, oh, does it have, does it have enough humor to really scream John Ford? Because that's something that surprised both of us, that there's a lot of, a lot of goofy shit when it comes to does it I comes have to a John stick to beat
1: women with. <laughs> no. But,
0: but I realized that like, actually, yeah, there is a, at least a little bit of humor here. You have the Andy Devine character who is like, you know who is running the the actual stagecoach along with the kind of sheriff or whoever's, you know, trying to bring John Wayne to justice at the beginning of this movie. So I think there's just enough to kind of give you a taste of that, of that comedy. Um, and, you know, you brought up this idea of all these kind of character actors and side characters, and there's a lot of that in stagecoach, but because of the way the movie is framed, where it's like everyone is in one place, to me, it never goes over the top. And I think sometimes that's, For me, where John Ford can go wrong a little bit is he doesn't quite know where that balance is between comedy and drama. And I think Stagecoach is that perfect balance and it's the perfect choice for for John Ford's masterpiece. I wish there was a surprise here. I wish I was going to go with How Green Was My Valley or The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, which I also enjoyed. But I really do think if you're going to watch one John Ford movie, it's Stagecoach.
1: Because I said so. That's why, right?
0: That's definitely not why I'm
1: probably going to edit that out. Um,
0: so, Mike, you want to you want to tell the people uh, what we're doing next month? Who who we're covering next month? Rape. I said who, not what. You're not wrong. But who? Who's the director
1: that we were covering? I think next month? this, unfortunately, uh, with my uh, very uh, respectful setup there, uh, I think this was my pick only in the sense that. Uh, we did another podcast on one of the films and we are like, you know, this, could this work? Because uh, this guy who really likes to show rape in his films, does he have more of that? Because that's the kind of guys we are, Dave. Um, I don't think that's how so that mis- conversation went. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not sure, sure there was
0: any sexual assault in the movie we covered on your yes, show.
1: because that was on my podcast. That's how I run things. The one that you edit, we see how it goes. That's right. Um, so, uh, yeah, Mr. Paul Verhoeven uh, will be our first, I guess, international filmmaker. Yeah. You know, we, we'll break down that barrier. And we actually have, even though uh, Dave did not start us off with any of his work from his home country, we do eventually, like the man himself, work our way back to That's right. uh, his you know, Dutch filmmaking and uh, whatever L is. French? That what... uh, sure. That, would... It's in French. That's good enough for me. I don't know where it's filmed. I just assume. Yeah.
0: So, uh, this is, you know, a, a little behind the scenes. This is, you know, the stick versus the carrot. Uh, the stick was mm. John Ford, the carrot was Paul Mike was Mike was struggling through that first, uh, viewing of The Informer, and he was like, I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, let's let's have some fun next month. How about that?" So yes, we will be covering Paul Verhoeven, the Dutch filmmaker, and the movies we'll be covering are *Flesh and Blood*, *RoboCop*, *Total Recall*, *Basic Instinct*, *Showgirls*, *Starship Troopers*, *Hollow Man*, *Black Book*, *Tricked*, and the aforementioned *L*. Um, So if you want to catch up on those movies, those are the movies we are going to cover. And if you would like to follow us uh, on Twitter, you can follow us at Directed by Pod. And just now we have started a Patreon. So for some ungodly reason, you would like to pay us money to continue doing the show. uh, You are more than welcome and we would love that. There's some rewards up there for you. We will also include... Uh, those interviews with our experts for the month, you will get the full interview. um, So you can, you can get more of a context of that. So of course that's just, I take full
1: credit for that. You did. That was, that was your idea. I don't conduct the interviews at all, but I'm like, Hey Dave, just throw that up there. Maybe someone would like to listen to that.
0: Yes. So if you just look up a podcast directed by on Patreon, you can find us there. Um, So uh, until we talk to you again, please uh, go uh, check up on those Paul Verhoeven movies. And we will talk to you soon.